And I really believe that business is done human to human, and it's about bringing humans together. And because the community is people, all you need to do really is listen to the people in the community and understand their needs. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Our 260th guest is none other than Orly Gruper, Executive Director at Ecomotion. Orly began her path in the industry through her time in the Air Force, where she was recruited to operate a private aviation fleet, then moved on to complete her BA in Business Management at the IDC. She became the first female entrepreneur in the community she leads today by founding Blitz Motors, a two-wheeled electric vehicle company. Orly is the current acting executive director at Ecomotion and is the founder of Women in Mobility, a community that aims to grow the number of women in the field by sharing challenges and opportunities while acquiring new tools for professional growth. Orly Gruper, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you here, Executive Director of Ecomotion. The whole smart mobility space is, you know, fascinating. There's, there's so many advancements and there's so many things that are happening that I can't even keep track. And when I think about, you know, where we're headed in the next five or 10 years, I, I'm incredibly excited. You know, before we even talk about your journey and who you are, tell me a little bit about what is smart mobility and why is it something that is so fascinating to you? Wow, it's my favorite topic. (laughs) Um, So smart mobility is anything that is uh, smarter, greener, more efficient, um, better, um, saves more money, or um, also just improved, I guess. Um, Something that is smarter than before. Um, If we look at mobility until now, used by vehicles. Um, now we're starting to see the Metro in Tel Aviv and micromobility and um, bubble, which is via technologies and all these other things. So we're right now seeing this whole new revolution that is coming. And basically I look at this revolution kind of like we had, you know, the industrial revolution and then we had the telecom revolution. And what I love about the telecom revolution, and this is what I compare it um with in the mobility world is that when we had the whole telecommunication era that had a lot of investments and a lot of um developing of technologies in this field uh a lot of money was thrown in in the end we haven't we haven't seen like we that we didn't even understand where we're going to and we didn't understand that we're all end up with a flat screen right um, it's something that right. no one saw coming, and this is like a very given thing to us these days. So mobility for me is the same thing. There's right now a lot of investments, a lot of improvements, a lot of people are working on it from a lot of different angles. We have no idea what the flat screen is going to be, but for sure it's going to be a whole new exciting era for us. I think that that is such an interesting analogy, the, this flat screen analogy. You know, when I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, you know, we're talking about 2004, 2005, and we're looking at all these advancements with the telecommunications. <clears throat> Nobody really knew that in 2006, Steve Jobs 
was going to go on stage and, and show the flat iPhone, uh, the touchscreen, and and really create a whole revolution in that sense. And 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 I think it's just inspiring to think that you know we don't really know uh, what this iPhone representation is going to be in the in the smart mobility space moving forward. But Orly, take me back a little bit about it, to your journey. How do you even get started with smart mobility? What well, what is that trigger? And and what what have been some of your experiences within the space? Um, well, today, you know, I, I see that it goes way farther than I thought in the beginning because um, I was always passionate about old-fashioned vehicles. I wanted a motorcycle since I can remember. And at the age of 15, when I really wanted one already and I could have it at the age of 16, I started getting lessons. Um, and my parents let me have lessons, but they wouldn't buy me a motorcycle in the end. So it turns out I had to found my own company, and I founded an electric motorcycle <laughs> company. But I guess uh, professionally, it started um, in the Army, in the Air Force. I was uh, like exposed to the whole aviation world. I was in the room of missions of an F-16 squad, and then a commander, of course. And I loved aviation and everything it brought with it and how, you know, it's crazy, but we really take for granted the thing that we go into this vehicle, yeah? Even if it's a car, we sit down and then we come out on the other side um, after, you know, just resting for a while. Um, and after the Army, I uh, was recruited to operate a private aviation fleet. So I continued with this passion and uh, I did my BA majored in and then founded uh, Blitz Motors. I sold my half uh, six years ago. Uh, they just IPO'd last week, which is really exciting. Wow, congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, It's electric motorcycles, you know, and every motorcycle that someone, like, got off the road, uh, old school, petrol, with the whole smoke coming out type of motorcycle and, and putting on a, a new electric green quiet one it's like everyone sold is like it was an amazing amazing experience for me um, and i think that's incredible then, orly i have to ask about the the founding of blitz uh, of the of the blitz company with the electric motorcycles it has to be a little bit different than starting another software company or, or you know, the, the typical startup that you see today that is mainly software focused uh, with either B2C or B2B. You're here selling literally vehicles that have to be certified to go on the street. They have to be safe. They have to provide some good experience to their users. Tell me a little bit about this founding of the company and some of the interesting challenges that you had along the way. Wow, so many challenges. <laughs> um, well, I guess it started really by understanding what is needed and what exists, right? Um, because um, when you're doing a startup and it doesn't matter what you do, it's okay if you start searching and you see that other things, um, ha other things exist, um, which are the same world, the same market, it's okay. It means there is a market. Um, but you need to see how you do it better and how you offer something that they don't offer, right? It needs to be... Right. Um, in, in motorcycles, so in motorcycles, for me, it was, I, I saw that there's, like, in Israel, very high power but super expensive ones and non-expensive ones but 
not at all meeting their requirements of the Israeli rider, right? So the, they want to be on the road, they need the power. And um, then I went out looking for one and we couldn't really find one. So um, we found um, different um, manufacturers that created different parts and found an assembler that assembled everything under our brand and created this um, this vehicle, two-wheeled vehicle that you know, was at the same price of petrol vehicles on the market, but still you were saving from day one and it was high powered. So we gave people what they wanted. And um, regarding challenges, so many, wow. One finding, you know, a manufacturer that would do it, that would get on this adventure. Uh, second, to get the Israeli government on board with this, you know, Ministry of Transportation. Um and then the Israeli Standard Institute, and there's just that is a whole is a whole challenge. We have a lot a lot to go uh, through with easing bureaucracy, and then it was creating a showroom in Tel Aviv and creating a, a whole um, garages network all over Israel so they could maintain the vehicle, and then you know creating a clientele and maintaining the thing I loved about the clients is that they created their own bike club, like electric motorcycle wow. bikers club and really moving. Yeah. It really showed how people were connected. To the um, I, I love that. And I have to, Orly, I think this is a perfect uh, segue to the whole community scene because your product with electric motorcycles created a, created some grassroots communities that started as a result of people buying into your product, the mission and the experience. But then you went and you intentionally um, helped run a, and still are still running, a, I think the biggest smart mobility community, I think over 600 startups are involved with this community, am I right? Yeah, over 600 startups and 12,000 community members. Um, because wow. startups can't really you know, grow within a void, we started a community that brings together all the relevant players. So we have industry players, investors, government entities, municipalities, academia, all in one. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. Ecomotion started in 2012. Um, I used to be an entrepreneur uh, as part of the community. It started, you know, meetups where like 15 people and um, the the... The guy they brought to talk was talking about, you know, innovative design more in 2012. We weren't really talking about the whole digitalization yet, but understanding that that's, that's the future and how Israel in this digitalization of mobility, we talked about smarter mobility before. So um, digitalization is, is a huge part of that um, and how Israel, you know, now has an advantage to do that. And this community is, is amazing. It's moving actually. The everyone is so engaged in creating this better future and really good people. So it's a great job. I, I love that. Orly, tell me a little bit about building a community and running a community. First, in general, the, the different you know challenges and the things to keep in mind when building a community, but then specifically in smart mobility and in a growing industry that is often perhaps misunderstood about its potential or it's you know still considered pre-iPhone era, right, in terms of the analogy that we had before. So what, what are some of the challenges and exhilarating factors of running a community? Um... So community is people, 
that's what you need to understand. And I really believe that business is done human to human, and it's about bringing humans together. And because the community is people, all you need to do really is listen to the people in the community and understand their needs. And then with the power right. of the community and the quantity, deliver, deliver those needs. Um, and and these, these needs keep changing all the time. So you really need to be on top of it. Um, we have on our team a community manager, a partnerships manager. We have uh, an implementation manager. And yet when we meet with startups, the whole team meets with them. It's not like one person's you know, job because... It's really important for me that the whole team stays on top of the trends, the technology, and the needs to steer the startups all the time and to try and pick up, you know, in between all these meetings, try and connect the dots. So when I just started at Ecomotion, for example, I heard a lot of startups saying, okay, now there are so many investors out there in the field of mobility. How do we know who is relevant for us? And um, so... We, I heard this a lot of times, and then I was like, okay, we need to do something. So uh, we, we went into the kitchen and started thinking, you know, a plan. And we understood in the end that we want to map all the investors out there. And now we have like a digital map where um, it goes according to the different sectors as we see them. So you can see really the logos in the different sectors, and then you can filter by round. So you know who's the relevant investor for you. And when you click on it, you have a whole all the information about this investor and who's the person to contact in the company. So we don't need to, you know, connect um, and do intros and things like that. The community can meet each other, but it's a lot about giving supporting tools for that and, you know, facilitating those interactions. No, no, that, and, that, that um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Tell me a yeah. little bit though about, about investments in smart mobility. Are they the same as in a regular startup, is the due diligence process a little different? What is the thinking process when you go and evaluate a company that is perhaps doing something that the market is not yet accustomed to? May, there may be not even you know, governmental support or infrastructure yet, but you're building a technology that could potentially have a positive impact. Well, I think most governments of the world are now, you're probably talking about autonomy. So I think most governments in the world are now on board with this and trying to understand how they create regulation, uh, regulation that is supportive and not, you know, restraining because it's, it's really hard to make up rules today for something that, you, you know, you'll only know the impact and deployments in, in a few years. So um, regarding investments, I think, it's like many other fields. The first thing in investments is the team. So uh, that's a really important one. It doesn't matter what field you are. The team is the first thing people look at when they put money. They put more money on the humans than they do on the technology. Uh, because in the end, the technology um, is technology. It will be made by the humans creating it. So an investor wants to know, you know that the, the, the entrepreneurs will be able to stand back up once they fall, um, will be able to, you know, find solutions when they'll hit a brick wall because they will many times and it's frustrating in the domain. Um, but, but that's, I think, the main focus. And, um, and there's many different, you know, types of, of mobility uh, when we look at it. So you have the whole autonomous and connected world. And in these, like last year so there's a lot of talk about level four and five you know being pushed back but level right. two three 
here and now, and there is so many, so much technology is needed already for these levels. So it shouldn't, you know, uh, frighten anyone wanting to go into this field because there is so much more to be, you know, created for, for that. And that's the near future. Um, and also I've seen really high um, uh, A and seed round investment. So a lot of companies can really run for, for a while. And um, the other things are like mobility services. So it can be an app like Move It. Yeah, this is our mobility today. So we want to, and it could be a, right. a, a shared platform. Like we need to remember Bird and Lime and all of those were not existent like five years ago, right? It's Unbelievable. like a whole new thing. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And it's mind yeah. because we don't see our life without it now. And, and think how much there is in that and how much there is more to optimize and you know the the mobility in different countries is not at all the same like Israel it doesn't have the great public transportation uh, where other countries do and you know there's advantages and opportunities in each one of those right Orly tell me a little bit about the future of smart smart mobility from your take and from observing the work of, of hundreds of startups what are some of the most exciting advancements tangibly that we can expect to see in our streets, on our phones, satellites, whatever it may be? How is our consumer behavior expected to change realistically over the next five or 10 years? Wow. Five or 10 years. Okay. You're narrowing it down to more like the now. Um, right. What we will feel in the five to 10 years in the shorter version uh shorter term is and and i'm speaking this is short for me because you know it's um right a lot of happened in the past 10 years but but in these five to ten years i think everything will become more seamless um mm -hmm. we are still buying tickets for stuff that's not going to happen anymore um you're just going to use things and it will be added to your bill kind of thing um where if you know you hop on a kick scooter and then you get on a train, you come off and then you get on a bus, then you know all of that ride will just be built to you. You don't have to deal with with too much payment. Um, in terms of logistics, I feel uh, these five to ten years. So what we've experienced in this whole Corona era is like e-commerce, yeah, like craziness right. and. This affects also logistics, and I feel like logistics is going to improve tremendously. Um, we're looking at, you know, instead of big trucks, like taking things off a ship and taking that into the city, um, it's going to break down into smaller smaller packages and more urban-like logistics, something that is more compatible with the city. 100%. Um, in, yeah, in whole, I feel the city is... Um, um, most cities are, are, you know, making more walkways and uh, more bike lanes. And um, Amsterdam was there long ago before us, but but it really it really shows right now that that we're going back to this to this era or forward to this era. Um, regarding uh, autonomy, then um, I think in ten years it, it'll be weird to you know drive a whole a whole way from our house to the end destination. Um, 
I, I can't say, you know, what level we'll be at and all of that. I always say I'm not a prophet, but I'm sure it will be weird. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I love that. I, I love that distinction, by the way, Orly, because you're not just saying that, you know, it'll be a, it'll be common. The fact that you're saying that it'll be weird to drive the whole way, it implies that it's not just that the people who ride the wave are going to be like, you know, the first consumers and are going to jump into, you know, like we have with Tesla today, but you're saying that our consumer behavior is going to already shift in such a way that it'll be odd to not have some sort of autonomy along your driving route. Perhaps, you know, some people will have full autonomy, but the average person, it will be weird if they don't. Orly, uh, unfortunately, you know, 20 minutes go by so quickly, but I really want to thank you for, for your time and for your generosity. Uh, it's, it goes by quick, right? Uh, but, but I'd love to ask you for the most important question, which is three words that you would use to describe yourself. And I really wanted to talk about gardening, but we just didn't have time. So we'll keep that for the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, three words I used to describe myself. Well, um, I guess I'm a child of light, love, and creation. That's like the three words that guide me in life. Um, this is what I feel is the true meaning to everything. Um, Wonderful. And what motivates me. Wonderful. That, that, that sounds great. Orly, thank you very, very much. This was fantastic. Thank you for the inspiration. And, I, and stay safe and stay healthy. I can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Ciao, ciao.